Happy 2023. 2023, 2023. I was actually I was actually with Ollie uh when the ball dropped and let me say there wasn't just one ball dropping in that room yeah let's <laughs> just say let's Ollie just became say a man <laughs> both of mine dropped as well yeah yeah okay so happy 2023 everybody uh thank you so much for listening but uh i have a question for you ollie I like to choose like a word of the year every year. By every year, oh, I mean I like started it in like 2019. Okay. Um, and so, did you do you do that? I've never done that. You've never done no? that. Is it like you're setting an intention for the year? Yeah, and it's like it's an intention. It's kind of like something to like keep me on task and like who I'm trying to be in 2023. Mm. Would you want to workshop your word of the year live on the pod? That's a good idea. Okay, wait. I just also thought of another idea. You should literally get each of your intention words tattooed on you somewhere or like in a list because that'd be a really cute way to archive like yeah. your, int- I don't know, like your progress, I guess, as a person, yeah, no. your growth. But um, I love that. What is your word for 2023? Okay, so my word for 2023 is courage. Ooh. Which, okay, so it takes... So 2021 and 2022 were not my years, <laughs> but like is any is any year actually a year? But I feel like it was like 2021. I lost my sister, so like major upheaval. 2022, dealing with the grieving process while trying to finish school and like return to a, a somewhat normal normal life, even though it's never going to be normal again. And so 2023, I want to focus on my mental health through doing things that scare me mm. and so like putting myself out there more and like getting out of this bubble that I've kind of created myself as like a safe place to hide from grief like I want to embrace the grief I want to feel it I want to allow myself to like honor my sister's memory by like being courageous and doing new things putting myself out there to get new job opportunities opportunities you know like just be courageous or like try a new food that's courageous yeah you know like just trying new things and getting out of a comfort zone that i have been all too comfortable in for the last two years i literally love that stop (laughs) that's fucking growth that's like it's like in melodrama lord's Mm -hmm. melodrama when she okay just think about it think Mm -hmm. about it she is self-reflect she's reflexive in that album itself and you're giving me lord vibes right now she goes right in the dark (laughs) sober one sober two she wrote that shit reflecting on sober one and same with uh, liability reprise yes yeah yeah is what you're doing but in your real life i'm trying yeah i feel like it's been like a good start to like the first three weeks like i um i may have secured a job at a local bookstore (gasps) We'll get see. the bag, get the bag, get the finish bag. the bag. I don't want to say anything too soon uh, because I haven't even, like, given anyone my resume. But let's just say I had a pretty good talk with the people that work there. <laughs> so Let's just say that she's a let's Nepo baby. She's a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Caught. Caught. By Nepo exposed. baby, I mean I talk to them and, like, want to be their friends because they're so cool. And I'm Nepo babying my way in there. 
by being there. If you want our resume right together, we should. We should. We should. I have started my like. This is so fucking nerdy. So I minored in professional writing. So I have a like go-to template I use, and then I just switch in different uh, jobs or experiences I have like to cater towards like a job posting or that that specific like job so like if it's retail I'm gonna put my retail experience if it's like with teaching I put like my uh class I took about teaching adolescence you know like stuff like that just to cater it towards each place I apply but since this is like more of a local bookstore vibe I'm like do I want to make it that boring corporate one or do I want to have some fun with it you know have some fun with it I know, but it scares me because I know this works and I know it's, like, the right thing to do. I hate that. I hate that. Like, I just wish – like, if I was, like, in fashion or something, I could make that shit, like, look so cool. Like, like my friend who majored in fashion, like, her resume has, like, snake skin on the back. Like, you know, like, wow. it's textured. It's, like, so cool. Like, I don't know. Mm. It's, I'm jealous. Uh, yeah, but. you probably – I mean, like – I think it would be helpful for you to not do that only for the sake of having like a general like retail like job resume that you can maybe apply yeah. to other things. But yeah. I mean, you can still add your own character and, and pizzazz like in yeah. other ways. And I will. I will. I mean, yeah, you will. You know, I will. Well, like when I talk to them, I'll be like winking and stuff and kind of sending good vibes their way. You know, buttering them up real good. And I've, like, I've gone there, like, almost every week since I discovered it. And so uh, I think I leave a lasting impression. Uh, yeah, you do. That's what you I'm You leave a lasting on. impression on every person you ever meet and every chair you ever sit in. Boom! <laughs> and he's talking about butt cheeks, everyone. Bure, bure, bure. Bure, bure, bure. I don't know if you can relate, but I've got the, uh, a bit of a case of swamp ass sometimes. <laughs> and it's just, you know, I Every leave a day. snail trail. I leave a snail trail. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I do. I do. What about it? We're we're moist. We're damp. We're damp divas. <laughs> we're damp divas. DD. Double Ds, honey. Your word. Your word of the year. Damp. <laughs> damp. Moist. Um. <laughs> You know, it's You're going to embrace your dampness. Well, you, you got to do it. You got to do it. I mean, it's interesting because mm-hmm. I'm on Accutane. Uh, oh, yeah. And like my face is so dry, but I'm sweating in regions, you know, unnavigated before. Like this is uncharted territory for my sweat glands. Like mm. I sweat from my scalp like a lot. And I never used to do that. Um and it like will come down like right here, and I just Ooh. and I'll like just be sweating from like doing nothing. It's so weird. Um, and then now I'm I thinking too hard, girl. You know me. <laughs> this brain is working, but I also just don't understand um, the butt thing because I didn't used to have a swampy, swampy ass <laughs> for the yeah, boys I at home. <laughs> I don't understand either because like, how does it? How does the moisture get through like two layers? But like it doesn't show up on either of the layers. Right? Like, what is Hank Green? I know you're listening. Please explain like why I leave a snail trail 
on a seat, but I don't leave a snail trail in my underwear. Hank Green and Tom Green, please work on something. I need a crash course. Who's Tom Green? Isn't that his brother? That's John, baby. Oh, shit. Wait, Tom Green is an actor. Mm. He's he's an actor. He is from Canada, Mm. I think. But let's add a little spice to this. Yeah, fact mm-hmm. for the fact checkers at home. Somebody please <laughs> verify that because I do just spread misinformation and I don't care. But um, <laughs> the other thing I was gonna say is we need sort of a com- like almost a competitive, um, sort of explanation because I want to hear a- ASAP Science's perspective as well. Mm, I want to okay. know those two homos. They will know. Then they will tell us. <laughs> yeah, they will. Gay, 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 gay. Um. But my word of the year, <laughs> <laughs> flawless transition. My word of the yeah, year. Yeah, I realized we got so far away from your word because we were talking about my word, and then I just like snowballed into snail trails and swamp ass. I which mean, I mean, I I understand when you talk about me, swamp ass, snail trail. It it's gonna come up. It's, it's gonna come up. It's gonna come up. But back to you, Ali. This is this was supposed to be an exercise to talk about your word. Like, what do you want from this year? I don't know. Um, I, I really, I'm thinking really hard, right? And are you sweating from your scalp? I'm sweating from my scalp. I'm sweating from my taint. <laughs> I'm sweating from my bootay right bootay. now. Um, and it's just like, I think courage is a great word because. So I'm experiencing so many new things, but mm-hmm. I don't think I'm necessarily claiming that what I'm doing is potentially courageous mm. or, or allowing myself that like credit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I'm living alone for the first time. I'm going to grad school. Um, sort of a lot of things in my life are just changing so rapidly. And then when it comes to applying for like PhD programs, I'm probably going to have to go embark beyond um, Ohio and OSU. So it's like, maybe that can be a mantra as well for me. I don't want to steal your word, but of course not. I kind of sold it really well, to be honest. You really did. I was like, well, I guess there's, there's really no other word um, <laughs> like going forward that any of us should ever use. Yeah, no, it's the only word to use. Yeah, for sure. Um, Courage yeah. and cunt. Those are the two words that I'm bringing into the new year. Cunty courage, um, if you will. Cunty, compassionate, campy courage. So I'm going into the new year with four C words. Four or, C words. You've made a heard of the Wait. seven C's. Well, honey, get ready for just four. Just four. What are the seven C's? Oh, oh, like sailing the seven seas. Oh, my God. I feel like so Like in the stupid. water? Yeah, I got it now. I was like, you want me to recite all seven? I don't know. Atlantic, Arctic, oh my Indian. God. All right, guys. Your damp divas are back giving cunty courage. Cuntily. 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 So I feel like... Obviously, the next transition after talking about snail trails, cunt, courage, the seven seas, um, it's like emotional labor. 
<laughs> because for real, the emotional labor, the emotional gymnastics that you just did to do that segue <laughs> should be mm-hmm. studied in a lab. That was Probably. fantabulous. Um, any IV schools who want me, I'm available. I'm free. Well, no, I'm not free, but I'm available. She's kind of the ice spice of the emotional labor world. She's kind of the moment. I am the moment. I feel so bad whenever I laugh. I just like, it's just like a big breath. I'm trying to hold it in. So I'm like, and it's like, just like right. (laughs) right I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing the same thing. It's okay. It's just so breathy. R.I.P. ASMR. Rest in peace to ASMR episode. Oh my god, guys. We recorded a whole <laughs> ASMR episode when we were drunk with our friend Amber, Amber like a year ago. Almost a year ago. Oh. Oh. Miss Amber. I miss Amber too. What the fuck? Gosh. Shout out to Amber. Shout out to Chattanooga. <laughs> Shout out to the new. <laughs> Shout out to all the Ambers. <laughs> Shout out to Chattanoogians. Mm-hmm. I have to confess something. Now, don't confess. tell anybody, you guys. Okay. Like, this is a secret. And I don't, I'm, you know, I'm like a closed off person. I'm not an open book. And this, you know, I take very seriously my secrets. And mm-hmm. I don't tell others. So if you tell, it's a it's a crime. And I'll Guys, f- don't fuck this up. Don't, don't fuck this, this up for us. Once, you know, I'm one and done. Yeah, Ollie never tells me anything. I don't even know I- his middle name. I'm ride or die, mm-hmm. but I keep things to myself. Mm-hmm. I do. Self-preser- it's self-preservation, yeah. really, when you think about it. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, I've been going on and on and on like this because I did forget what I was going to say. <laughs> I was like, let me keep saying the same thing over and mm-hmm. over again in a different, you know, coat of paint until yeah. it comes back. What were we so it's literally talking not about? not that big of a secret. Oh, my secret. Oh, mm-hmm. now this will answer all of our conundrums. Mm-hmm. I I think, you know, I would say that I am mega high right now. That's what I would say. And I, I think would that's... say that that is hearsay because we may or may not be in a state. <gasps> and be teachers. So I would say remix, not remix. <laughs> I would say now you can't prove it. And and that was what the secret was because people have been t- saying this about me, and it's mm-hmm. actually unequivocally false. Yeah, and it's slander, quite frankly. Actually, this is legal. It's Delta. Oh, never mind. It is fully legal. Yeah, but also hearsay. But it's hearsay. Eh. To say that it wasn't legal. Because I hear what you're saying, is what I was going to say. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I know. Wait, say that shit again for the people in the back. <laughs> it's hearsay, because I hear what you're saying. Oh! Have you ever <laughs> felt more seen, heard, loved? That was like a hug with words. Goes out to the nuggets out there. Yeah, that works. That's mm-hmm. better. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Oh, Amber. Never, never, never change, Ali. Never change. Gone, but never forgotten, you know? Amber is gone, but not forgotten. Ever. Love Rest her. in peace. <laughs> okay, moving on from Amber. Emotional labor. 
emotional labor. So Ollie and I are in a position this year where we're both teaching the youths. Ollie is teaching college students and I am dealing with high schoolers. Yep. Which is fun. Um, (laughs) It is. It really is. I, I have great times. But one of, I feel like, an unspoken part of the job is having to be more than just a teacher. You are a confidant. You are a therapist. Like, it's just so much more than I feel like people give credit for it because they're like, oh, you have to teach two plus two is four. No, you have to connect with these kids every day. Yep. You have to see them every day. Like, you are a like staple in their lives. And for you, maybe it's just another day, but like, you are going to leave a lasting impact on these kids or have the potential to leave a lasting impact on these kids, whether it's good or bad. Like, yeah. Maybe you won't. Maybe it'll be neutral, which is fine. But some of these kids, you could really shape their lives. And you are, though. And that's the thing, that no matter what you are, because not only are teachers expected to be therapists, babysitters, you know, friends, confidants, all these things to their students, the parents expect that, the government expects that, the school expects that. And so maybe this is the Delta talking, but I'm thinking about how being a teacher is also gendered and coded as like a woman's job. Yeah. And I'm thinking about how women's unpaid emotional labors are expected to be unpaid because they're motherly or they're, they're domestic. It's like associated with like domesticity and like mothering and nurturing. So like the emotional components, the, the parenting components, the bonding components, they're like, they're like, that shouldn't even be a charge. We expect that of women for free. Yeah. So it's I'm like, like, wow. As a woman, you have to learn it from an early age. You have to yeah. learn. You have to learn this nurturing capability and you have to learn to be so aware of yourself and like to be so compassionate and so patient and so just aware of everything going on that yep. I feel like men don't have to do that. They don't have to be aware of themselves in a way that women that women are. Nope. No, because women learn very young that they are the other or that they yeah. are the inferior. And that our value is in what? men see the object men need of us yeah yep and i think it's interesting i want to do more reading on it but i almost think that that's something that occurs in classrooms with i know it occurs in classrooms with children of color as well oh yeah like wanting to fulfill the model minority yeah um not wanting to fail your race or whatever but i would say sexuality as well like i knew in school like I don't know, like I knew in school that being gay was a, it was a, a threat to like me. Yeah. And a liability. Being like the star student. So um, I said, let me be smart. Let me be smart. So they don't, the first thing they think about is boy, that boy is smart. I feel like a big point is that we were making is we're dealing with all of (laughs) I lost it. Yeah. We're dealing with all of these kids. Um issues on top of being in our early 20s um after a pandemic just happened after trump was our president after the fucking biden administration like after i feel like there is always something going on in the world the world always seems chaotic i understand that but i feel like growing up as a gen z or 
has been specifically very filled with turmoil. Like, we grew up, like, in the height of, like, 9-11 happened when we were one. Like, you know, like, that framed, that framed us growing up. We grew up during, like, 2008. Yeah. Housing crisis. Like, all of these events happened and keep happening. And, like, I don't think we've ever had time to process them. And then to have a student, like, someone that's not that much younger than us, but we're expected to be somehow above them, you know? Like, uh is coming to us with these real issues and like it's so hard not to like just put like take home their issues like it's so hard not to just like feel them all the time because by design that's how it's supposed to be yeah like it is insane just like i know but that's why we shouldn't feel insane about it right like we shouldn't feel insane about it like the the rules basically want us to feel insane about how we're being exploited for our labor or like at least for other people to think we're like lazy or like irrational like i don't know like it is insane and we should feel a little insane because this is wild work that we are doing and it's undervalued and really you put all this pressure on yourself because you're aware we're aware how important the role of the teacher is yeah and because we're doing it, what we're also having to like put all this extra pressure on ourselves, but then not get paid like a livable or dignified wage. Yeah. And like what we're saying is not profound, but I also feel like it's also belittled so mm-hmm. much. It's like, of course, it's like this. It's part of the job. You're a teacher. So it's expected. But why is it expected? And it goes back into like the gender job. Like, I don't think. And, I mean, and bitch. it all goes back to the, how the education system benefits capitalism. It works on the yes. nine-to-five work schedule. It's all mm-hmm. feeding in to a corrupt system that does not work for people. It does not work. I don't think it works for anyone. No. You know, I mean, don't, the 1%, you know, that's yeah. sort of. But even then, like, with the newest recession, it's like the stock markets are, like, looking like they're going to crash everything's going up like these guys are gonna be fucked too just less but it's so weird because like fine not to be a finance bro on this podcast but like we're not in a recession like it's everyone's expecting one embracing for one but it just hasn't happened like the like they're like consumers are so resilient blah 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 i'm like yeah like what does this mean like if everything that's presented like we should be in a recession but we're not Basically, like we've hit all the marks for yeah. a recession, but we're not in a recession. I don't get it. Like their system is failing. But get this. It's either capitalism has gotten to a pl- point where it's self-sustaining. It doesn't even matter how much debt you're in. It doesn't matter any of what's going on down here. We've made up and fabricated how much money the United States has been making and printing. Like the whole pandemic printing all that money under Trump. There's like huge ramifications when we're three trillion dollars in debt or whatever. How are we printing money when we do not own any? Yeah, we we are negative. It's money. fake. It's all fake. Like I don't understand. It's a game of monopoly, and fucking rich white men are in charge. And the rules keep changing so that we're never held accountable. Yeah, for real, for real. Damn. Like, 
what because i do honestly feel like we're at a point where the whole world relies on amazon the whole world relies on like automotives and even when there are companies from other countries they're still like embedded in u.s capitalism like toyota and honda they're not just japanese companies anymore they're fucking like hybrid everywhere all over the world it's like america embedded itself in every fucking country so that in a way it'll never not be sustainable or it's like sustaining itself on everyone else yeah like that's just scary but it doesn't make any sense it's just made up yeah (laughs) and like not to say that the public is at fault for relying on amazon or like online shopping like this like this is what we like this they catered they want us to do this they catered it so to make it so easy for the consumer to do this Mm -hmm. like and like you're not better than anyone for being oh i never shop on amazon i only buy local yeah that's great good for you but that's not gonna fix the problem and that's not accessible for everybody like you doing that awesome good for you love to see it but that's not changing the system any do your part but don't get this complex that you're better than anyone else because if you can be in a privileged position for you to be able to do more ethical spending yeah bitch that's you're doing your part you're doing the bare minimum honey yeah and i'm so proud of you i'm so proud of you but saying it like but i don't like even that person like they can't do anything other than that to change the system like it's so weird with capitalism like like what are we do like what do we do? Like a move, it would have to be a move towards communism and socialism. But like, there's so much, like, pe- pe- there's so much anti-communism. There's so much stigma. Like, I'm even scared of those words. Right? Because we've just, it's, I remember in middle school, actually, I remember in elementary school, before I went to a different middle school, mm-hmm. elementary, I was scared of Russia. I was scared of Canada. A little bit in middle school, but my middle school was a Muslim middle school. And a lot of the teachers and a lot of the students came from socialist and communist countries. Mm. And they didn't flee. It wasn't like they were un- yeah. like mega unhappy with the socialist or c- communist ways there. So they didn't teach a negative perspective of communism in middle school. Yeah. So maybe that's part of the reason why I just gravitate towards it because my dad is like, you know, he holds a lot of socialist ideas. Yeah, which so makes like, sense. But it's, but it also completely makes sense that while you are sort of like, ooh, you know, those yeah. words are associated with fear. I grew up in small town America and like, may, like I went to a public school, like not get the best. Like, I, no, I, my I, teachers I, tried so hard. I know they did. But yeah. like the education system is flawed and like what they're expected to teach is just – I feel so bad. I feel right, so but bad. what happens when the teacher actually doesn't know any better? Because what they was yeah, taught, what they, they were don't. taught, was what they're teaching us. Yeah. So, it, it's no, it, it, and I love that you're bringing this, like, because it really sounds like we're in one of my feminist classes. Because it's like we're truly we being like we have to not emphasize the individual, like yeah. its systems, its structures. Who the fuck? Like we can blame individuals when it's like Ellen Musk. <laughs> as yeah. wendy williams called him yeah um or like you know bezos and whatever yeah. like individual people but like come on like the individual yeah. everyday person and no. but like with like the internet i feel like everything is so like focused on the individual that yeah. sometimes 
and like we're all like the internet is so ready to attack any like individual that they deem has stepped out of line mm-hmm. and so i feel like a lot of that has to do with like us like wanting to do all these things but feeling like we can't because we are just an individual but also feeling a lot of pressure on ourselves right. as an individual to do something yeah every choice every like decision a person makes is like it's literally like in those video games where it's like <clears throat> they all they all dislike that or like they will remember this. Like it's truly yeah. like everyone thinks they're the main character of their own little RPG. Yeah. And baby, what if I told you that you're not we're all just side characters? Yeah. Well, I feel like it's also like we need to get like not get back to cuz I don't know if there necessarily ever was an era of like us being together as a social group but like we need to focus more on like community yeah and like the power of it and like i don't does that make sense like no it does because communities are like designed not designed like they naturally understand the needs of their own community yeah right and i don't think that the community should be defined by like superficial things yeah it should be defined by like you grew up in this region you understand the needs of the nature you understand how like the city works like yeah. that to me community is just like we can share and help one another yeah but, but what's I also funny feel is like, the oh, oh wait no yeah. say what you're gonna say say it. i also feel like this sense of community has gotten a little bit lost because of the internet in a way yeah just because people are living their lives online which i not i'm neutral about it's neither here nor there because i grew up online like it's kind of expected for me to be online but i also feel like there's not as big of a attachment to where you grew up or like where you're living right now because it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme because you're living on the internet like well right yeah like the internet is what matters like what's what your interests are what matters like again it's focused on the individual sorry and so like i it makes me like admire I don't know sports fan bases just because the, it is such a big community. Does that make sense? Like the big community around it and like growling. It's just like right. I love that. I love it. And I feel like if we all kind of acted that way, like in our own communities, like in our own hometowns, maybe about like political things or like social change in our own communities, that something could happen. But also, that is asking so much in a world where everyone is so hyper aware of themselves individualism for sure yeah and we're hyper aware of ourselves because that's what they want like they they want the consumer to be hyper uh aware yeah and well the gag that i'm thinking about like when we're talking about this (gasps) gag um, (laughs) is that i'm kind of thinking about how a, a community it depends on what the community is founded on Because there can be communities that, you know, they all come to like a picnic and they hug and they're just in solidarity listening to one another's needs. But what if it's the KKK and they're sharing their needs? And it's like, my needs are violence, you know, on to other people. Um, So it's like communities and, 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 you know, that's like the extreme yeah example. But like like even with like the Andrew, like the protesting Andrew Tate, like that's a community of people. Yeah. And Coming it's a, together. It's a, and it's a beautiful thing, but then it's a scary thing <laughs> because there's a community of people who are defending Andrew Tate and yeah. it bonds them and it strengthens their beliefs yeah. in what they already believe because they're just like, 
echo chamber vibes. Yeah. And like, I get you can make the argument for the other side too. But when one side is like holding violent people accountable so that we're living in a more just world. Yeah. And then the other one is like supporting a sex trafficker. Yeah. It's like being on the wrong side of history for what? For what? But this brings to me another example and it's sort of, it's sort of a really weird case of this sort of really um po- like the politicization of everything. Yes. Like even like fab, like fake things for entertainment. And so yes. like drag race, you know, my good fit, you know, my favorite problematic fave love It's it's just, it's almost like it should be assumed that in large, the show is very scripted. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that's scripting done by the producers or the queens themselves and how they're like choosing to be on a TV show and entertain, you know, an audience. Yes. So there's, you know, an altercation between two of the queens and it's just for entertainment, but people take things so seriously. And maybe it's like what you're saying in that so many people's culture and reality exists on the internet or exist in popular, like in media. So yeah. they can't separate like, it's like it seems like almost like a generational issue or like a yeah. a lack of an understanding of their own world and reality or whatever. But that's a whole other thing and I'm tangenting. Yeah. But um <clears throat> they get into an altercation. One of the girls is the skinny white twink that is every kid's favorite, every young twink's favorite. And then the other queen is the um older Latina bigger girl who is sort of involved in this argument and they were both going at one another it really Mm -hmm. wasn't one of them wasn't being more vicious than the other but literally the night the episode came out mistress isabel brooks is her name i'm Mm -hmm. gonna give her her name um please she's sort of embodying a villain that all these hateful people can hate uh her account gets deactivated on instagram night of right after the episode airs because people were reporting her account for like representing like a hateful or like like it was literally like an andrew tate sort of argument is what they were trying to make like assume like claim that she's doing some sort of harm and they got her account deactivated every day for three days after the premiere crazy just the haters. Like, absolutely insane. They foster an environment where people do play these characters and they're, like, performing. And then when they perform, people get mad. And they take out these hate, like, this violence against a drag queen of color, a plus-size queen. Like, and the white queen, she's fine. She's fine. No backlash. Not but, at all. Yeah. And it's a trend. If it were like an isolated incident where this is a one-time thing, you know, you might be able to say like, oh, people just really don't like her. or She's just a real bitch. But in reality, every season, even if they're not even like intentionally produced to be the villain, it's always the black queen or the Latina queen or queen or the queen of size yeah almost always or the, the trans queen, queen. it's been yeah. the trans queen a couple of times who's the villain who are you about to say queen i was just like not that they're i feel like there's a certain power in like being the villain villain i'm saying in air quotes like being true to yourself and like maybe being a bad person if you're a bad person and like not feeling like this need to be the perfect queen just because you're plus size just because you're a queen of color just because mm-hmm. you're a trans queen 
but it's different when you're being vilicized by a audience. Yes. Because of these things about you. Oh, I I love what you just said. Oh my god, I'm like literally this is so profound what we're talking <laughs> about. But like I love what you just said in that like w- it just reminded me that it's true that they're making these con- concerted efforts and how they're like presenting and behaving yeah. as the villain, right? Yeah. And it's like that's their way of like reclaiming agency yeah. in that they already know they're going to be looked at mm-hmm. in a negative way. Now I can control the script. Whoa. Yeah. Damn. Shout out to Carmen Maria Machado uh for giving me that new perspective into identity though because if without reading her books i would i wouldn't have been able to thought about that <laughs> to be honest uh she's great i love her dude i've like read stuff that talk about a similar thing but n- i've never actually read carmen maria machado oh my god you have to read her uh memoir in the dream house it's so good Oh, yeah, I've heard that name a couple of times. Yeah. I really do. What am I doing? I'm a bad feminist. No, 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 no. You're a busy feminist. Different B. Mm-hmm. But I'm a bitch either way, so there's another B. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We kind of did a deep dive into the internet and individualism and taking down capitalism. So um, it's a lot to take in in one episode. It really is. But I feel like I feel like we braved it pretty pretty well. Yeah, I feel we like we survived. Smart. We sounded smart. <laughs> Are you kidding? Are you kidding? All right, I'm Kinsey. I'm Ollie. Thank you guys so much for listening to Gabbing Gaze. Gaze. <laughs>